I'm Cindy Boxer, and you are listening to the Fiber Artist Podcast, where we chat with artists, makers, and creatives who work with fiber, get to know their stories, how they came upon their fiber practice, and more about the person behind the work. Oh, gosh, I know. It's been a really long time since um, the last episode, maybe a few weeks, and I'm really sorry about that. I just want to thank you for continuing to tune in to the podcast, despite my very inconsistent posting schedule. It's just been crazy this fall. Um, I think you guys all probably know. Um, I'm really going to try to get these out with more regularity, though, and I hope you'll continue to listen, learn, and enjoy. My guest today is an incredible fiber artist with the patience of a saint. Laura Bowman. I don't know if you guys have seen her work, but I would definitely recommend pausing and going to Instagram. Her uh, handle is laurabowman.artist and check out the work. I mean, it's so incredible and painstakingly laborious, which is pretty obvious when you look at it. There's, you know, these knotted tapestries and sculptural forms. She incorporates some basketry and weaving to the pieces and they're all just so incredible. Um, And actually, like, I don't know, I feel like they sort of look like they're they're coming alive with their curling tendrils, like sea anemone or like an alien. Um, I don't know. Go look at it. Let me know what you think. Um, Also, you can actually see her work in person. If you're on the East Coast, her work is up at View Art Center in Old Forge, New York uh, until the end of October. So by the time this launches, you have like a week. Anywho's, um, if you're new to the podcast, you can get 15% off your first purchase in my shop, which is neuromastudio.com. Uh, you can use the code the Fiber Artist Podcast for your discount. I've had a ton of inquiries about restock, so I just want to let you guys know I'm expecting a giant shipment um, and I'm launching a bunch of new colors of rope in, I'm expecting it like early November. So if you've been wondering, that's the update. And I think that's it for now. Okay, guys, here's Laura Bowman. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm really excited to get to know you today. Um, <laughs> so let's just go right into it. Can you tell me okay. a little bit? First of all, just tell me a little bit about like where you are in the world right now and like okay. your sort of general kind of situation. Okay. Well, hi, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, Okay. I'm in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. Oh, very nice. Um, So that's in the eastern part of Tennessee, which is a really long state. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, is that near Knoxville or do I have Um, that? It's about two hours east. Okay. Of of Knoxville, but yeah. (laughs) And did you grow up there or? um... No, but I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere. Um, I was born in Indiana and only lived there till I was about seven and then moved to Florida and then to Virginia and then to Tennessee. Oh, wow. You've been all over there. Yeah. I've, I've only... I've only lived like in a few places, but it feels like a lot. And I, and I, but I've lived here the, the longest and my husband and I, we've lived in other parts of Tennessee and we've lived in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, wow. So yeah. Very nice. So you've been in Tennessee for how many years now? Um, I came to Tennessee in 1989 oh. when I went to school. There's a university here, East Tennessee State University. Okay. So, Cool. Um, so you had mentioned once before when we were chatting that you um, you do have kids, right? Yes. One, yes, one I do. I have three kids. Okay. And they're kind of grown now? Or? Yes. Yes. My youngest is 19 and then I have a 
almost 22 and a 24 year old. Oh, nice. So I imagine you have some time back to yourself. It's opposite of me right now where I'm totally in the thick of it. (laughs) Yes, definitely. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit. So I know you basically through Instagram. I think I discovered you about a year ago and your beautiful um, fiber works it looks like right now you've been mostly doing fiber sculpture, though. I know that you sort of have a, have a whole sort of journey with it. So take me through. How, when did you start your fiber practice? How did you discover fiber art? Have you always been sort of um, a crafty <laughs> artist type? Yeah. Um, well, I actually, my journey for art has been, I guess, my whole life and never really knowing what my focus would be. But when I went to school, I went to um, the art department and my focus became uh, welded metal sculpture. Oh, cool. So I've, I've come kind of like in the opposite direction in a way, just from going using a lot of hard materials and to connect them all using, you know, a torch. And now I'm using soft materials and they're connected by knots. Yeah, so yeah. it feels like to me in some ways very similar, but in other ways like completely different. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, it's so interesting. But as far as um, how I came to do fiber art would be, I guess, partly because of being a mom. Mm-hmm. And once I was out of school, of course, I didn't have a big studio space that had a, you know, a propane torch and all these other things. And so I started kind mm-hmm. of exploring other types of art. And I didn't do a lot over the years when my kids were really little, I would do kind of crafty things and we would make jewelry. And, um, I was really kind of playing with paint for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I painted, I started painting on fabric and embellishing it with the stitching. And I did that for a little while and it kind of eventually, I'm not really sure what, when the point was when I decided to do knotting, but I thought I wanted to do weaving. And I even took a weaving course and everything. And I really still want to do that a little bit. But at the same time, I was also exploring knotting a little bit more um, because I had done like hemp jewelry in the past. And I was really, really excited about all of the possibilities of all of these knots and how you could just turn them into so many different things. And I, I guess at some point I just started figuring out ways to make them different Mm. and make them more sculptural. Right. I can Um, definitely see like a jewelry, (laughs) a sort of jewelry um, feel to your pieces. I think, I think because of like the size of the fiber you're using Mm. that I can see how that influenced your current work. I have done, I have done wearable art jewelry. I've done some fiber art necklaces and and cuffs and things like that. But they, because it's so time consuming, I have to like, I had to pull myself away from trying to do that so that I could do the things that I really, really wanted to do, which were the larger wall Mm. pieces. Right. Um, But I still sometimes want to do like some smaller pieces that are wearable because it's a lot of fun. And especially when you see other people wearing them. Right. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I know. So cool. Um, Okay. So first you started out weaving first. Uh, Mm -hmm. When was that? And how did you then sort of discover knotting? Did you take classes or did you um, sort of just look online or... I, I, I didn't take any classes for knotting. Um, like I said, we were doing jewelry, me and the kids, and we were at our homeschooling group and somebody had these books and it was all of this hemp knot jewelry making. And I was like really excited about that. A little bit of history. When I was a kid, 
um, my mom actually did a lot of macrame. Okay. So we were talking about the 70s, like the mid-70s. Same here. Mine did too. (laughs) She would do the big planters and things like that. But then she also did like, you know, the wall hangings and everything like that. But then I know people have seen these where it's like a table where it hangs from the ceiling and it has like the glass and it's in tears. Yes, totally. I remember that. And I remember all of the really long, ropey pieces just going on through the house when she would be working on those. And she did lots of different things. So that was only like for a, a short period of time. It wasn't something that she like did for a really long time. But I remember, I have yes. those memories of that. Isn't and that I've so funny? <laughs> I, yeah. I really think there's something, because this is not uncommon. Like my mom did macrame too. I feel like there's like something that just happens through like your DNA almost where it yeah. sort of – because my mom, by the time I was born, she had she had not made anything. Like I think, I think um, she didn't have time, you know, by the time we were right. kids and whatever. And so I never actually saw her doing it. I just saw like remnant pieces in like different corners of the house or, or finished pieces. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. And, and then like she, she never – she barely really like talked about it even as we were growing up. And then now that I'm doing it, she's like, what? Like, this is so weird to her. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like there's definitely something that sort of travels through, even though, like, it's not like she sat down and taught me how to knock, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. Um, So to answer, like, your earlier question, I was trying to do weaving, I guess it was about 2012, 2013. And I went to the John C. Campbell folk school to, and I spent a whole week it was like the first time I'd really gone away by myself for a whole week to do anything that was just about me. Oh, that sounds and that so was, awesome. It was a really, really fantastic experience. And I got to use a floor loom and do all these things. Because before I had been I had been kind of teaching myself how to weave, like pin weaving mm-hmm. on my the boards that I use for macrame. Oh, wow. And so, you know, it was really cool to use something that was like, official and fancy like a floor loom <laughs> definitely wait what so what uh what school was that john c campbell where is that it's it's in north carolina north carolina okay okay yeah right. yeah oh my god so for an entire week you just got to like play yeah that sounds it incredible it's really great i ate so much <laughs> oh my god i bet how fun so then you left that um program and and I came that? home and I was, I was still, I was still working on those things, but I was, you know, back and forth between exploring the, the sculptural aspect of, of knots and mm-hmm. learning some different things that I could do that I had seen online and just really figuring that out. And mostly, you know, like a lot of art is just a lot of play right? and a lot of exploring and, you know, it just kind of grew and, I was just really into it. I remember like, you know, on Facebook has like the Facebook memories Mm -hmm. and you can kind of see posts from years ago. And one of my favorite ones that comes up every year is when I was first learning how to do this nodding where you start as a circle and go around. And the caption on it is, this is my life now. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. Goodbye world. Because I was so engrossed. I was just I was so into it. I just got like this. 
tunnel vision and I didn't want to do anything else. And I just knew it was just really spoke to me, just the <sighs> process using my hands and feeling the strings move through my hands right. and the motion, the physical motion of it and everything was just really engrossing. And I just didn't want to do anything else after that. <laughs> yeah. I find it so fascinating too, because it's like that particular style seems like it really spoke to you because it's so evident in your current work now, like the the spiral aspect of it. Because right, whereas yeah. with like a floor loom weaving, it's a completely different motion that you're doing and different aesthetic, right. obviously. But it's, I just find it so interesting that you're like, it like really clicked. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> so cool. And and it's, it's something that people say a lot of times, they say like, oh, that must take a lot of patience. And I'm like, I, I guess. And I always say the same thing about like knitting and crocheting. I think, Oh, that must take a lot of patience because I don't have the patience for yes. that or the, or the, um, the patterns and following directions and things like that. I, I just don't, I, I can't wrap my brain around that. I know. Or, same here. <laughs> organic. It's like, um, I, I need my, I need free reign <laughs> totally. to do what I want to do. And so when I realized that, that what people were saying was it wasn't really about patience. It was about how much you're really enjoying the process. Mm -hmm. And when you're really, really enjoying the process, it, you don't feel like that amount of time has passed, you know, a couple totally. of hours, except, except when you start to feel it in your neck and your back. Right, right, right. <laughs> then, then, you know, then you know how long you've been sitting there. You maybe yeah. have a hunger pain. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, when was the last time I ate? Totally. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so true. It really is about the enjoyment of it. Yeah. Because the, the idea of having to be patient about something is something that you're not completely loving that you're like putting right. up with. Yes. Yeah, yes. totally. So, um, so when did you when do you feel like you kind of found this sculptural aesthetic that you're playing with right now? And how did that evolve for you? <laughs> Honestly, I'm really not sure exactly when it happened. I know that I was um, playing with working with the spiral and then working up into um, like sculptural vessels. Mm -hmm. um, I have one behind me, actually. Oh, that's so cool. It, but, um, so I was playing with that idea. And when I was working with them, I would be coming like out of the vessel with these, you know, little tendrils and um, playing with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I, I, I really am not sure how I decided to do wall pieces, but I, I just, I kind of sometimes still do both. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard when there's so many things you want to do, but the things that you're, the thing that you're doing just takes so long and it's like, okay, when do I get to play with this other idea? So I have to like kind of sketch ideas sometimes, or I just yeah. have like strings all over the studio that I'll grab and I'll just kind of like do a little thing so that I don't like lose that idea yeah. and, and, and then put it aside. Um, because the pieces that I'm working on right now take anywhere from, you know, two to three months to a year. Oh my gosh. And, and so to the idea of, being able to still like dabble in other ideas that I have, whether it's the sculptural vessels or um, actual like floor sculptures that I've done where I use a wire armature and do weaving in those. Um, wow. It's like, I really want to do that, but you know, I just got to pick. I know, <laughs> I know. So little time that you kind of, it's like you wish you could clone yeah. yourself <laughs> to yes. start executing these other ideas. Right. And then, and then I also, you know, run a business that has nothing to do with art. So I'm also dividing my time 
with that as well. Wow. <laughs> Hi, puppy. <laughs> it's okay. My husband is on dog duty today. Yeah. No. Supposed to be keeping them quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, so I had the great opportunity to see your work in person um, at the show that we both have work in, which was so cool for me to experience. Um, uh, which is still up, by the way, people. Uh, if you're in the East Coast at um, in Falmouth, Massachusetts, at um, the Highfield Hall Gallery. Uh, yes. Gardens and I don't know what the exact yeah. field hall gardens and something. Um, anyway, uh, I got to see Laura's work up close, which is so beautiful and intricate and amazing. So you're are you saying that like those particular pieces may take up to a year to make? No. Okay. Because those, those are those slightly are, smaller, but yes, those are I would say um, maybe a month to to do each one of those, maybe a month, okay. a month and a half. Oh god, it's still um, so long. It, yeah. And it really just does depend on how much time I can devote to right. them each day. Um but yeah, those were much earlier works. I think those oh, were really? from like 2017. Okay. And, and in my mind, like that feels like it was so long ago. Right. But it's really just been like two and a half years. <laughs> I know. And then with your pieces that take so long, it's only like it could be like only five or six pieces ago. <laughs> but you must yeah. be learning so much like and having so much, Um, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but like this visual inspiration that happens as you're going along. Because, mm -hmm. well, yes. actually, let me ask yeah. you, do you pre-plan what they're going to look like? Um, um, lately, I do a yeah. lot more than I used to. I used to let them sort I would start with like in the center and I would just let it grow out and just kind of feel it out and design it and decide, oh, that looks good enough. Oh, I want to go this direction or, you know, play with it that way. And the last few pieces I've actually just kind of sketched out ideas okay. or it'll come to me like I'll be laying in bed at night and I'll just like thinking and I'll work through actual knots in my mind for things that are like I'm not really sure how to do them just yet because right. like the idea and then translating it to making it work with this um, these continuous pieces. It's not like where I can just like, oh, I can just slap that here or slap that there like with paint. When you're working with something that you're using the same material all the way through. And then you have this idea where you want this thing to happen over here. You have to figure out how to make that happen right. with, with the knots so that that particular design idea will come through right. like you have in your head. Cause sometimes I'll have ideas in my head and it's like, that's not even possible with a knot, you know, right. but I'll try and figure it out. So yeah, I do. I do a lot of sketches for work now and I have several that are like okay when I'm done with this piece then I can work on that idea and occasionally once I finish a piece that I'm working on I will look through the different sketches that I have and I'll think well which thing do I really want to do and sometimes mm. I'll lose enthusiasm for an idea that I had before because it has been so long mm. so that's the only kind of drawback to the time-consuming aspect of each piece is that sometimes you lose a little bit of the idea or the inspiration for all these other things that in that moment when you had them, you're just like, ah, right. you all lit up and you can't wait to do it. And then you like lose sleep over it. And then, <laughs> and then like a month later, you're like, uh, eh. yeah. <laughs> although maybe I wonder if that's actually one way to, in a way to filter, filter out what, what things were meant to be made. You know what I mean? Because yeah, we do have yeah. to, we do have to pick and choose, which is so true. I know, because I, I feel like that happens to me all the time. Like where I'll be laying in bed and I'll be like, "Oh, awesome," and then, and then, but yeah, by the time yeah. I get 
around to trying it. I'm like, oh, lukewarm, not that exciting anymore. <laughs> but, you know, that's all part of the process, totally. you know, just the trying things and them not working because of every single thing we tried worked. I don't know if it'd be as exciting. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the truth? You'd be way too busy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> Um, so you also had a solo show up recently. Was that your first? I think it was up over the summer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was in June. It was for June and July. It was two okay. months in downtown. Okay. Well, congratulations. Cause that's so awesome. Yeah. That getting ready for that show really, really burned me out a lot. I was oh, just yeah. like, ah, cause I was trying to finish up so much towards the end and, Oh, and also rolling into getting ready for our summer camp, which is in August. So right. I was just like a lot of things going on at that time. And, but it was really nice um, to have. It was I've done solo shows before. Okay. And this particular gallery was one It was sort of like a goal. I really wanted to have a show there. And finally did. And That's really awesome. <laughs> well, can you share with us um, sort of what is the process of of – getting a solo show. Are you sending your work out? Are you sending images out to galleries? Um, Because I think a lot of – so I feel like my listeners are kind of mixed in the sort of decorative realm and then the institutional art realm. Um, Mm -hmm. So for those wanting to cross over and and try to get their work in galleries and in museums, what what has been the process for you? Um, Well, for the shows, a lot of the shows that I've done here, um, I've usually known the people Mm -hmm. um, and or they've asked me to do a show. Okay. Um, There's a lot of times there's different connections uh, with either a photographer or, you know, another artist and the uh, gallery owner and having to be friends with them. And sometimes they have asked me to do a show. and that works out really great because that's simple. Um, with my my solo show at this particular gallery, it's called Tipton Gallery in Johnson mm-hmm. City. Um, I just talked to the um, curator one evening at another opening okay. and um, made contact that way. So you know, and then I wrote up. You know, she told me to you know just send her an email with a proposal, and I did a lot of research on how to do a proposal for a solo show, and that was really educational because I think that I don't know that that was a part of school that I ever that I really remember going over. Right, the administrative um, part of yeah. <laughs> this whole art so, journey. Yeah. So that was fun. I learned a lot. And thank goodness we have the internet now, which we didn't back then. But <laughs> but I was able to do some research on how to write up a proposal. And and so I did that and I sent it in. And um, it took a little bit of time because they had a lot of shows already, you know, in their right. schedule. But, but from the time that we first started talking about it to the time that I had the show was about two years, which was good because that gave me enough time to do some new work. Oh, so. God, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and did you find, were you trying to, I guess you probably had to figure this all out while you were completing the proposal, but, um, you know, did it follow a theme? Were you trying to send like you know one kind of particular message with your work through this show um what like Uh, what in the proposal sort of I guess (laughs) what did you learn when you were putting the proposal together (laughs) well the main thing that I was really trying to convey is what the process is like for me Mm -hmm. and so the name of the show was meditations for chaos um I have a lot of anxiety and 
I live a life that doesn't look like I would have anxiety because I have, I I run social events (laughs) and I have social anxiety. So it's really kind of strange, but there's a lot of internal work that goes on to appear in control and okay and calm. Um, and I feel like the same thing is happening with my work and I don't know that it was intentional, but it's something that I, that kind of evolved over time over the last few years of understanding how I work and the tension that I use in my hands, which is why I can't knit Uh. (laughs) because I, there's a lot, I just, I would just could never get the stuff off the needle because I was too tight, which is perfect for knotting. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of tension and a lot of stuff going on underneath the surface of the work mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily see once the piece is done. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have asked me, oh, what are you using to make it so stiff? Like, how is that so stiff? Is that metal armature or anything like that? And I'm like, no, it's, it's just, just knots. strings. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the strings inside of the knots. And then it's just so tight and so it's, it's like literally movie. your attention and energy put <laughs> yes. into the piece to give yes. it form <laughs> right and then you look at it and you don't you don't really know all of that and so it's sort of a reflection of how I am as a mm. person and how I function in the world all of this controlled chaos inside so that I can function and so that I can be what I need to be as you know a business owner as a mother as a partner you know all of those things that it takes a lot of work Mm -hmm. and so that's what this particular work has been for the past few years and so that's what my show was focused around was this idea of you know meditations for chaos because it does it's very soothing and even though there's a lot of tension in the process of knots and everything it's relaxing Mm -hmm. and it provides an outlet for that anxiety. It gives it a little place to funnel into. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I so agree. Um, so can you te- talk talk to me a little bit about the social events and the stuff that you're doing outside of your fiber work? Um, sure. <laughs> I know you run a so, camp, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, so we are part of a community of homeschoolers, which is known as unschooling. Mm-hmm. And so there's a larger community all over the United States who are, you know, connected online. And oh, uh, I have to interrupt that, you for a second. Yes. Have you, talk, have you talked to Lindsay Campbell from Hello Hydrangea? She was unschooled <laughs> as right, a kid. Right? Yes. Yeah. I have not talked to her about oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we have a lot of kids are, are now grown because this has been going on for so long, this sort of a was sort of a radical movement, you know, 20 or so years ago. Um, actually, it's been longer than that because my kids are older. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> it goes by really fast. So one of the events that we do each year is a, a summer camp for teens. Mm-hmm. And so it's one week in August and teens come from all over the United States. And we have anywhere from 60 to 80 kids each, uh, each year. And we have a staff of mentors who, you know, they have their group of teams throughout the week. And, yeah, we just have a lot of fun, lots of discussions and lots of crafty things and, you know, swimming and a climbing wall and all that. That's so, awesome. Is that in Tennessee? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's in Tennessee. 
So, and we also do two other events that are in the spring and the fall. And those are just for the whole family to come. Okay. And it's in the mountains and it's not like summer campy or anything like that. But we do a lot of similar events. You know, we have a dance and a talent show and crafts and you know, discussions and all that yeah, kind of stuff. That's so awesome. Those are, that's, that's what I do besides art. <laughs> right. Wow. So does that take up most of your time during the year, um, like planning that the, the yeah. events? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I do that pretty much all the time. And it's not like, you know, a nine to five job where I'm putting in eight hours every single day. I can I get up in the morning and I can put a couple hours in in the office and at home. Right. And and then I can work on, you know, house things, which I like to, you know, be in the kitchen a lot too and, and in the studio. And in the summertime I like to take the studio out and be on the porch. So nice. I'm, I'm actually at, at my desk. I have a standing desk that I usually work at, but in the summertime I, I go outside and sit in the chair. And nice. Just enjoy it <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm trying to imagine your journey. You were going to school for the metalwork. Um, and then did you take like a complete break for how, what, what, 15 <laughs> 15 years? And how were you feeling during yeah, that time? And was it like, did you have the itch to be doing it? Or were you just too immersed in motherhood? Um, um, I would say a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, Especially as young. someone who is homeschooling. Like I cannot imagine. Right. I, the only reason that I am a sane human is because my kids are currently at school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I chose to do a lot of things at the time when my kids were younger that I could just put down mm. at a moment's notice. If I could just could just put it down. Um, but really it would be that like the outlet for creativity would end up being with doing crafts and projects with the kids. So as far as doing any kind of like real art that really felt like it was something separate from my kids was probably in 2005 or 2006. Okay. Um, when I, I became involved in a group who was um, online doing ATC trades, which was artist trading cards. And, you know, it's just these little cards, you paint or draw, you do the work on them, and then everybody trades them through the mail, and there's usually a theme. And that kind of got me back into doing things that were really enjoyable. And one of the moms, it was part of our unschooling community, was this, this group. Um, she really loved one of the cards that I did and commissioned me to do larger versions of it, mm. several of them. So I, I did printmaking to, to to make these other – she had me do 5 by 7 and 8 by 10 of this particular image. Oh, that's so awesome. And that was like my first real like getting back into art as an adult outside of school – you know, and everything. So, so that kind of like started my journey back towards doing things that I really wanted to do. And it, it, that led to exploring painting for a really long time. And like I said before, then I worked on fiber and it kind of went from there and I still like to do painting, but I don't consider myself a painter at all. Not (laughs) even a little more of illustrative design type work. Okay. Oh, it's so cool. I've never heard of the artist trading card um, com- community or practice as a thing. Does it still exist? I think it probably does. I mean, it, it it's all over. Like, um, yeah, people That's would so just, cool. There's like a certain size. I guess they're like plain card size and they're, you know, people will make art 
in this really, we would do them um, at our homeschooling group sometimes, or sometimes we would have like potluck art nights where, you know, the kids would come and they would all play and we would all eat food and we would make these artist trading cards. And uh, it's just like a, a creative outlet for all these moms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. That's so cool though. I've never heard of that. Because it's small and doable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and do any of, do either, you have three kids you said? Yes. Three kids. Yeah. Okay. Do any of them practice fiber art? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, my kids are all sort of artists, musicians. Uh, they all have this talent for playing instruments and singing, and they also can draw really well. And it's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, my boys have been in, in bands together. Oh, that's and, so cool. Uh, my, my oldest, he he's recently moved to Nashville again. So okay. To pursue music. Yeah. To, wow. to do more. And, and his, his band is actually back here. So he sometimes comes back here to play shows and I get to go out and see him. And my, uh, my other son, he does shows as well. And I go out and see him and I'm kind of waiting for my daughter to one day, you know, when is she going to get up on the stage? Right. And start stuff? <laughs> Are you musical but as well? I am not, I cannot play an instrument. I, I had, um, lessons when I was like in the third grade or something like that, but I had to cut my nails oh. and I hated it. Yeah. And I hated the, the getting the, your fingers used to the strings and it was so painful and I just, I couldn't do it. But, um, I've always loved music. And one of the jokes is that the reason I can't remember stuff is because my head is so full of lyrics from, <laughs> from since I was born, like every song. Um, but I've t always taken my kids to concerts and always played music around the house. So music has been sort of a very important background. Now their dad plays the guitar. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> so maybe that's where they got that from. And my, my dad's side of the family is actually musical. Um, my uncle has been in bands for as long as I can remember. And my grandfather was always in a band. So, you know, there's music in the family just I'm just a, you know, one of the people who keeps the music going by being yeah. a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you clearly have like a whole household full of artistic people. I mean, it's yeah. it's like, you know, <laughs> you guys are living your art, your artist dreams. So it's pretty yeah. awesome. And you have a show coming up. Um, I know you just went on a 30-hour road trip to go drop off pieces. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. That was a whirlwind trip. Um yeah, I, it's just so expensive to mail these large pieces because they're they're heavy, not because of the actual work, but because of the wood frames that wow. uh, I worked with um, a local framer, and we kind of brainstormed to come up with something that would still um, uh, wouldn't be under glass, that right? Would, you know, right. would elevate the piece. Um, so that part is kind of heavy, and they're large, and shipping would have cost. So much. Yeah. Where is the show? <laughs> so we were just—it's in New York. It's in oh, Old it Forge, New York, okay. which is about a 13-hour drive. But yeah. we took our dogs with us. <laughs> oh God, so, so you have to stop every like few hours. <laughs> it took a little bit longer to get there, but it was really great because I'd never been there before, and it's this really cool little community. And the art center is gorgeous. It's called View Art Center in Old Forge, okay. New York. And I um, is that in the really Hudson excited. the Hudson Valley or is it further yeah, west? No you know, okay, <laughs> I have to look it up. It's in the Adir it's in the Adirondacks. Oh, okay. It's in the Adirondacks. I am really no good with geography. <laughs> so. 
Um, so yeah, good thing it, for Google. Wow. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we did that and we got back Friday night and kind of still recovering from that long, long trip. Yeah. But it's so worth it because I got to meet the person I'd been talking to online who actually had approached me um, and invited me to show in this particular um, series that they're doing, which they're doing. Um, it's all the whole, they have several galleries in the, the center okay. and it has, they have a fiber art one going on and then they have quilts in another room and, and then there's another, there's another room that's going to also have some fiber arts in it. Oh, so awesome. it's really, really exciting to see this really big space. That's just going to be all filled with fiber art. Yeah. What's <laughs> so, the, what's the venue called? Art, um, view arts center. Okay. Okay. So it's, you, are, you said that. I okay. keep wanting to view just call center. it the view. Right. On <laughs> <laughs> the view. It's no big deal. <laughs> view art center. Okay. Um, yeah. View art center in Old Forge, New York. Awesome. So that's going to be the 21st is the opening for that. And okay. so I have four pieces in there. Oh, and wonderful. that's why we decided to take them because four large pieces is quite a bit to, to ship. So. Yeah, definitely. Plus, yeah. you don't, and then you don't know if they're going to end up arriving in a good you know, yeah. states. So yeah, good reason to take a road trip. <laughs> yeah. And, and my husband and I, we hadn't, hadn't done that in a very long time, just yeah. the two of us. And um, when we go back, because I'll, you know, we're just going to go back and pick up the work as well. We're not going to take the dogs. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go by ourselves this time. Good idea. <laughs> and maybe, and maybe stay a day longer because we, we were trying to fit it in between my husband's schedule. So he came home like really, really late the night before we left and then had to get up early the, oh day, boy. We got, the day after we got home. So yeah. we were only gone three days. Oh yeah. So quick. And, uh, and most of that was driving then. Yeah. Yes. Not fun. <laughs> Two days of driving, one day of enjoying ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. So how do people now usually discover you? Is that through Instagram or... Um, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have um, you know, an Instagram as well as a Facebook page. So Okay. I, I would assume that that's that that is how that happens. <laughs> I don't do a lot of like major marketing or anything like that. I just, you know, try to enjoy my own like work and um I, I started a Patreon which I'm not really sure that's the thing for me. I may kind of like you know, phase that out. But yeah. um yeah, yeah, Instagram I think is probably the most um, enjoyable and uh, visually appealing place for artists to share their work. Yeah, um, but like Facebook, there's a lot of people on there, but I just don't think that the the format is as enjoyable to look at. You know, yeah, I agree. Page and when you can just pull up an Instagram profile and you've got this block of beautiful work, you can you can see right away what that person's work is about. Yeah, like that. I agree. Plus, uh, Facebook like they lower the resolution of the image, which really sucks, mm -hmm. and things just don't look as yeah. good in general. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Excuse me. Um. <laughs> Um, wait, so do you have a studio in your home or are you working in an outside studio? It's in my home. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's actually supposed to be a dining room, <laughs> but, um, you might be able to see the, the light behind me. That's where the table would be. But when we, oh, moved, yeah. we moved into this house in, in 2015 in, in the winter and 
my kids were, we were looking around and, and they just looked at the space with the light coming in and everything. And they were just like, that should be your studio. Cause I was, I was just going to take a, a corner in the basement and they were just like, they, they convinced me that the dining room was fine because our, our kitchen is huge and our dining room table actually fits in the little breakfast nook. So, nice. you know, <laughs> so I was just like, okay, this is my space now. And it really, it really didn't make a difference because I didn't used to think that having a studio space was that important because a lot of times I would just take my little thing that I was working on and go sit on the couch or somewhere else. And, you know, I was fine. I didn't think it was that important, but I feel like it really helped me grow as an artist to have the respect for the practice mm -hmm. and the, um, the schedule that I got myself into having my own space and, um, kind of, not having to put everything away every day because mm -hmm. when I would be working like on the couch or on the at the table you know you have to kind of get that all out of the way at the end of the day so you can you know have life and with having a designated studio space it just I don't know it just freed up that creative energy to just know that I could just leave it and walk away and come back yeah. and you don't have to like it, just, it doesn't feel like stopping and right I don't know. It just, it, I don't know. It just kind of changed my perspective. Yeah, no, I agree. Myself as an artist and taking myself more seriously as an artist. Not that you have to have a studio space at all to take yourself seriously as an artist, but no, it um, helps though. It really, it, it really depends on what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. but it helps so it much. It helps so much. <laughs> and also, like just having a place where you can organize the clutter, you know, because this kind of, <laughs> this kind of artwork, especially like you, that I think everyone understands like the yarn and the, the string. And, I mean, yes, it's everywhere. It gets everywhere. And it's really hard sometimes to focus on what you're working on. If, if the space around you is in total chaos, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I know it's definitely great to have a, have your own space. And we, I did the same thing. We had, when we moved into this house, the, it's, it's like an, an 80s build. So there's a formal, mm -hmm. a formal living room and a formal dining room, which we don't, used for any of that so yeah. <laughs> I turned the formal living room into my studio and our formal dining is currently like a pantry so we need to do some renovations but <laughs> but yeah no it definitely helps to have your own space and and just to feel inspired every day um yeah. with works that are uh oh shoot hold on a second Are you back? Sorry. That's my yeah, internet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, talk, I'll have to okay. cut that part out. But okay. <laughs> um, with, work, with works that are as um, sort of intricate and, uh, that, and it's kind of laborious as yours, do you find yourself ever um, sort of feeling burnt out by, by working? And what do you do to kind of avoid burnout? And I know like, yes, it is also very enjoyable, but you know, same repetitive motions. Yeah. <laughs> I I have my little wit shelf, my works in progress. Um, it's little things um, <laughs> that are just small. Oh, cool! And I'm showing people on the podcast won't be able to see this, but um, those watching the video, this is um, a wearable art piece that's just been sitting on my works in progress shelf for a really long time. So, wait, so do you work a, on a? Is that like a sponge backing? It's yeah, it's it's foam. Oh. It's a foam board or oh, cool. foam pad that you just had forever um i have a lot of stuff like that i haven't picked up in ages this oh, is a, wow. a sculptural basket that has like you know stick elements in it um so I'm just gonna throw them 
for. Um, <laughs> so when I reach a place, when I'm working on a larger thing, I know that I can just come and grab maybe, you know, something a little tiny, maybe a wall hanging that's really minimal and tiny, yeah. super tiny. Um, I can do a bracelet or just, you know, something that kind of breaks me out of the, like the colors sometimes even that I'm working on. I get tired of looking at those colors, right. especially when it's been like six months. Um, and I'll get just, my eyes will just need new stimulation. So I will come to my whip shelf and I just grab something and work on it. Um, the main times when I've actually experienced true burnout, that wasn't just boredom, but actual true burnout was in 2017 before a show and this year before my show. Mm. So uh, those were both solo shows. And I was like, you know, just really pushing and putting in a lot of hours every single day to get ready. And um, that does leave you kind of frazzled and, <laughs> and at my back hurt and my neck. And it was, um, I finally you know, went, went to see a massage therapist and that has really helped oh, a yeah. lot. I, I used to think that was just for fancy people for, you know, luxury or whatever, but it's no, actually, I, I started thinking of it as like the same as like a chiropractor or a doctor. It's like, it's that important when you're doing this kind of work that you're, where you're just like, you're using your arms yeah. and your neck and you're, and you're sometimes hunched over and you have to like get up and take breaks and move around. Totally. And when, and when you're like really, really pushing to get something done and you're not taking as many breaks as you normally would and you just, you, your brain gets a little fried and your body gets a little fried. And, and that does really result in some definite not wanting to do anything for a while. Yeah. And in 2017, I, when I had that really bad burnout, after getting ready for that show, I didn't do any work for months at all. Wow. And it was a good break. And I, when I did go back into it, I was really excited and renewed and refreshed and ready to go. This year, it was really kind of weird because of the fact that I was going to be studio sitting mm -hmm. uh, or gallery sitting while my show was up. I wanted to have something that I was working on for when people came to the gallery that I think, you know, I could do demos, they could see what I was doing, they could see my process. And so I immediately, as soon as uh, I was finished with my last piece, I immediately started working on a new piece, which I hadn't planned to do. Oh. But I'm, I'm really glad that I did because I was able to give myself permission to just take that piece really slowly. Yeah. And, and it wasn't a push for a deadline or anything like that. So um, I got right back on the horse <laughs> oh, and good. I didn't, I didn't take off. So, um, so I didn't really do anything real specific to deal with the burnout that I was feeling after that show. Um, and so I think it's taken me a little bit longer to process that, especially on the heels of our camp and right. then decompressing after camp because it's a intense, um, emotional experience as well as physical experience that whole week. And so afterwards, it's just, you know, coming back down, getting, being quiet and centered. Right. And well, especially so, for someone, I mean, you say you have social anxiety, which I, I also connect with being a more introverted person, like, because we can have social moments, but yeah. then really be introverts where it just, it's, <laughs> it takes so much energy. Um, you have to recharge. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely have to. I mean, and it's, it's like being hungover for, 
you know, I, this yeah. happens to me after workshops. Like I love when I'm there. I have anxiety mm-hmm. beforehand. I love when I'm there. And then afterward, I'm wiped out. Like it's just like mm-hmm. you're so tired <laughs> afterward, you know? <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely is one of those things where you just yeah. absolutely have to take time for yourself. And even just to not think about anything even fiber related for a while to just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes I just want to just like go, okay, I'm going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix and eat. Yeah. Like honestly, totally. that is the thing. I'm just like, that's all I want to do. I just want to, I want to sit on the couch and watch TV and, and eat food and pet dogs. Yeah. That's it. I don't want to do anything else. So you definitely have a lot of decompression like after a show, after an event you know, anytime there's that intense social interaction. And I think even for people who don't experience a lot of social anxiety, there's that still, you know, you've got to recharge, you've got to, got to give yourself a break. Totally. And then also having young children, you know, I'm sure that you, yeah. you know, there's that other element of your, you know, demands on your energy. Completely. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, well, so what is, um, what is some advice you might give to people who are wanting to pursue the more, um, like the life of an artist, you know, because I think there are some people doing these as their side hustles. Some people are doing it, you know, to, to really have like, quote unquote, businesses mm-hmm. um, to really get into the life of an artist. What would you say? What, what would you say you've learned? I, I, I guess okay. that's a good way to put it. The, I think the, the thing that was the biggest learning point for me was the moment when I was working on wearable fiber arts and I, you know, have a a separate Instagram for it, trying to sell and, you know, make money. Um, I reached a point to where I realized that I had to make work that was completely separate from thinking about whether or not it would generate an income. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to focus on making large pieces that I knew would not be easily sellable. I knew that I wanted to show in galleries and constantly thinking about whether or not what I was doing would generate an income was holding me back from doing what I really, really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I was working small and thinking small. And as soon as I stopped thinking like, oh, I can, you know, make $75 here or $75 there. When I just, I removed that thinking from my art practice, it really changed everything. And I, my focus and my work just, um, I I feel like it exploded after that. It really became, took on a life of its own and and it was like, this, this is what you should be doing. Um, so I, I did that. Um, my husband said something to me years ago that has stayed with me. Uh, whenever I would um, feel like I wanted to buy some art supplies and I would feel like, well, I feel bad spending money if it's not going to make money. Mm. And he said, he said, well, when the kids have been growing up all these years, whenever they've wanted, this makes me kind of emotional. <laughs> whenever they've wanted art supplies, you never looked at that art supply and said, Oh, I can't buy that for you because it's not going to generate an income. (laughs) You got it for them because it was important and it mattered for them to have stuff that they could explore and uh, create. And that's the only thing that really mattered. It was the pursuit of that enjoyment and, and giving them the opportunity to do that. And he said that I needed to give that same gift to myself because I was constantly giving that gift to them. 
And I found it really hard to do that for myself. So that perspective was really helpful. And so I took that thinking and that helped me a lot with the, you know, what I had said before about trying to move away from the idea that I must make money mm-hmm. to be able to, to call myself an artist or to even give myself the permission to pursue it, you know, and use the time that it takes to, to make the art if it's not going to in turn make money. Right. So it's, I think it's really hard <clears throat> for artists to step outside of that, um, especially when, you know, you don't have a lot of money and um, you're trying to, you know, figure out a way to just pay bills. And so it it can be very, um, I've seen people do this a lot where they're chasing lots of different ideas, trying to nail down the thing that that's going to be, you know, something that they can, you know, pump out mm-hmm. and produce a lot of enough to make some money. And I've, I've watched several friends who, our artists as well be really frustrated and never really happy. And it's like, I get it. I, I, you know, you've got to make money to, to live in the world, but when it starts to get in the way of your artistic vision or, you know, what you really truly enjoy doing, then I think that that's a time to step back and really um, evaluate. Yeah. what it is you really want to do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think, so no, I think, I think that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that it actually makes me think back to like, um, when I was working a full-time job and then this, you know, was like my side hustle and I, you know, I so, I mean, I wanted to quit so bad, but when I really think about it, it was because of that job that I was able to get mm-hmm. myself started and invest in this you know, this part of myself right? to afford the materials and, and Mm -hmm. even take time, like knowing that I was making enough money at that job, taking the time then, and it was hard, you know, obviously there's a balance, there's a time balance Mm -hmm. you have to figure out and, and all this other stuff. But, um, it almost, it, it was almost more freeing because I knew that that part of the financial part was taken care of. So then I could explore, you know, Mm -hmm. and then there came to a point where I was like, okay, I'm at a certain place where I can quit, but you know, um, I think, yeah, one of the, one of the, I think it's like almost, it feels counterintuitive, you know, but like, don't be so fast to quit something that is allowing you to make money because that gives you some kind of creative freedom in a, in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Um, even though you have less time to work on it, but (laughs) yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a really, um, difficult kind of like tightrope, uh, walk to find that balance between, you know, doing something that you really want to do and doing something that you really have have to to do. do, And sometimes you can figure out how to do both. Right. And I've watched my husband do that for years, like working jobs that he, he didn't love because bills need to be paid. You know, you just have to do things that you have to do. And, um, I think that's very valid. And I think it's, it's a very privileged thing to be able to, um, to know that you can walk away from, you know, some kind of income. So that's definitely not what I'm talking about (laughs) Um, because I've never been in a position where I didn't have to worry about money. So that's always something that I would never disregard at all that pursuit of trying to figure out how to make your art be an income. Mm -hmm. But 
I think the thing I'm speaking to more is that the unhappiness yeah. that it can bring to your art, which I think is why what you were talking about, the balance you had was good because from what I understand, the, the income you had wasn't related to your art. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't, it didn't affect how you felt about your art. Right. Um, and I think that that's something that can happen when you're trying to make the thing you love into something that maybe isn't quite exactly what you want it to be just for the purpose of money can be kind of like, it can, it can affect your vision. It can affect your, your motivation and your, your passion and your desire to even do it. And I knew when I felt like I just didn't want to do it anymore. And then it made me not want to do art at all anymore. I was like, "Hmm." (laughs) we've got to figure, I got to figure that out. Right. Well, you're only trying to make things that you think will sell. Like that's, that, that's like nothing is more creatively stifling (laughs) than that is like, Oh, what does the market want? And only doing that. Yeah. Unless you like that. And that's great. (laughs) I I think that that is definitely something that if I didn't also want to do this other thing, I think I would really enjoy finding something that I could just like, make a whole bunch of because yeah. I really love repetition. And <laughs> so um I would I would be really happy doing that if I didn't have this other stronger desire to do something a little bit different. Yeah, definitely. Yes. No, I love that though. And I love the advice that your husband gave you about giving yourself permission to, you know, to really invest in your creative journey is actually what it mm-hmm. is, right? Yeah. And yeah I think definitely. that's so beautiful. Um, well, gosh, I mean, it's, it's been an hour on that note. Can you let people know, um, how and where to find you? Okay. Well, on Instagram, it's laurabowman.artist. So it's just no spaces. And, um, I think it's the same, it's the same on Facebook as well. Okay. Laura Bowman, artist. Um, that's pretty much all the places where I am. Awesome. Um, and like I said, I, I do have a Patreon as well. And you, it can be found just by name. Laura uh, Bowman. Artist. And I do have a link to it in my um, my Instagram. Awesome. Profile. So if anybody's interested in being a patron and supporting the arts, yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Is there anything else you wanted to share or promote or before we before we finish up? No, I t- I'm, I'm, I feel like I've talked a lot. No, I love it. I think, I mean, I really, I love your story and I love seeing, you know, what it's like to really devote yourself to your art practice. And I think it really shows in your work and even the development and the growth of your work when you like scroll back to your older stuff and to now. I mean, it's just really awesome. And I can't wait to see what like what you have um, percolating and coming up next. It's really, really <laughs> <Me too>. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Laura. I really appreciate getting to know you. Thank you, Cindy. All right. Talk to you soon. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on neuromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the fiber artist podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.